0: Welcome to the Gospel Clarity Podcast, where we explore how the story of Jesus changes everything.
1: In order for the gospel to be central, it must be functional.
0: I'm your host, Mark Smith. And my name is Andrew Arthur. And thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Now today, we are going to be continuing our discussion on preaching.
1: Yeah, it was a great start to the conversation last time, and uh, we're going to go a little further today. today. Awesome. Cool. Let's start.
0: back, everybody. Andrew, it's good to see you again.
1: Yeah, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Things are going well. Uh, I just, um, I'm sleeping better now because this week, as exciting as it was, um, we were staying up pretty late because we had a lot of people staying in our house. Yeah. Uh, your you, family was in town. Yep. All family was in town. You've been to our house, so you know it's not that big. And we had 15 people sleeping in our house at one time. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. It, it was awesome. It Makes was good memories. It was good. It does build good memories. We're staying up really late, all talking, having fun, having a good time. I think the only kicker though, the hardest thing about it was the mornings. And I realized yeah. how off on like my routine I became yeah. of like, you know, you, I get up, I do the exact same thing every single morning and uh, I couldn't do that at all. And, yeah. but The nice thing was, is in that process of realizing that I didn't have my routine, I was making a lot of noise and it woke other people up and then we just started a new routine by everybody's up now, you know, because you're (laughs) stepping on people as you're walking past them. Yeah, I I can imagine. So anyway, well today uh, we're going to continue our conversation on preaching Mm -hmm. and um, what what does that look like? We were talking about, uh, why don't you give us a recap of last episode in case people missed it.
1: Yeah, so last time we just kind of dipped our toe into the waters of this conversation, Um, looking at kind of how the Word occupied a central position in the life of God's people for a really long time. Uh, We talked about, we introduced kind of the metaphor of that preaching, uh, of preaching as portrait painting, that every sermon should seek to present a portrait of some facet or some aspect of the person and work of Christ, Uh, that we want preaching that really. Exalts Jesus, that lifts Jesus up, that makes Jesus clear to in the my in the kind of the the mind's eye of those who are listening and hearing what's being spoken.
0: Yeah, um, and another thing that we didn't necessarily talk about, but I think it might be kind of cool to share is um, uh, your passion, Andrew, for preaching. And I was hoping that you might be able to use this time before we really dive in. Why don't you give us just a quick summary of? uh your training and your equipment over the years um both in
1: school and in different churches yeah you know it's an inter- it's it's an interesting conversation of of asking the question can you teach somebody to preach um, it, it i think you can equip people with certain skills that might lend themselves well to preaching but i do not know if i'm convinced that you can teach someone to preach um, mm-hmm. because when you look at uh, Peter in Acts chapter 2 you have this untrained ordinary person suddenly he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he stands up, raises his voice, begins to proclaim the gospel in Acts 2 in a powerfully efficacious way uh, all done according to the power of God's spirit within him, using him as him uh, in that moment to, to do that with no training um, there, there is a sense in which uh, Apollos uh, he was had kind of had a reputation in the in the early church, as being an eloquent spokesman, uh, he was a really good speaker, and he probably had some type of formal training in his background. And he and his reputation kind of grew as a result of that. Um, but where Apollos needed training was in his theological development, and so he kind of had the raw the raw materials and the skills, uh, but then he needed to be equipped theologically. Mm-hmm. Whereas a guy like Peter, who had so much time with Jesus, he was kind of equipped theologically. Um, but then the skills, you don't really see a moment where he's kind of cultivating and learning those. He's just empowered by the Holy Spirit, stands up and starts doing it very, very effectively. So it's an it's a interesting conversation to engage in whenever I share kind of my training uh, in homiletics, which is the art and science of preaching and teaching the Bible. Um, I want you to know that, that there's a way to kind of learn the theories of homiletics. There's a way to kind of learn certain skills that would lend themselves well to preaching. But effective preaching, uh, really what it boils down to is God's grace and God's spirit at work in and through the word that the person is committing themselves to, or this, the preacher is committing themselves, the preachers commit themselves to, uh, in the act of, of doing it, Mm -hmm. um, so I just say that as a random disclaimer, but uh, uh, in my background, um, I went to Beeson Divinity School where I earned my Master's of Divinity. I went there to study under Dr. Robert Smith Jr., who's the uh, professor of preaching at that school. He was a man I admired and from afar, and I wanted to sit under him, so I attended Beeson. I was given the opportunity to become his teaching assistant, so I had the privilege of uh, spending a lot of time with him while I was making that journey through my uh, through that portion of school. By the time I finished my master's of divinity, he was encouraging me to go further in school. He wanted to uh, encourage me to find the training that would enable me to put a foot in the church and a foot in the academy, and what that meant was he encouraged me to go find to, to go earn a PhD. At the time, a friend of mine named Dr. Tony Morita was starting to teach preaching at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and. Uh, I'm from Louisiana, so I was looking forward to getting back after finishing up my time at Beeson. And so it made sense that with Tony sliding into that role at New Orleans and me wanting to get back kind of in that part of the country, I, Kim and I both moved and, uh, she actually earned my wife, Kim, she got her master's of divinity at NOBTS as well while I was doing my PhD in homiletics at that school and so yeah so I have Bus- a lot of busy formal... time busy yeah. time if you guys <laughs> in school it was but I tell you there were there were guys in my seminary in my uh, phd seminars that were pastoring churches that were raising kids and English was their second language yeah. uh, several korean pastors that were on the same track as i and anytime i thought that i had it hard during that stretch mm-hmm. i would just consider how disciplined and devoted these other uh, students were, and it would—it was incredibly encouraging and humbling all at the same time to see them working through it with all that they had going on. At the time, I was starting a college ministry at Tulane University with with my wife or being a part of kind of starting one after Hurricane Katrina, and so we devoted a lot of time and energy in that direction, but I had a lot of time to focus on uh, kind of my, my seminars, my training, and so I was able to go quite Rather swiftly through the program because I didn't have as many obligations as some of the other students had during that time.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that, Andrew. And uh, I know that uh, many of us are interested in, in your background and something that you're so passionate about, and um, we get to see that in the fruit of your preaching. Um, so, but let's back up and let's just ask um, as we as we talk about this episode for today, the second part of preaching. Let's just remind ourselves so we're all on the same page and ask the question: What is preaching?
1: There, there are lots of ways that preaching can be defined and that it has been defined by by many people. Um, I'll just kind of describe a little bit of that. Um, in my mind, preaching is bringing out what God has put in the Scriptures. And we want to do that with, um, with a recognition of the totality of what God has put in the Scriptures. And we want to do that with a... Um, with a tenacious commitment to displaying how ultimately what God has put in the scriptures and what we want to bring out of the scriptures is the beauty of Jesus, the beauty of Christ. And so, um, preaching in my mind is, is is when somebody verbally exposes the scriptures in a way that exalts the Savior and engages the heart.
0: Can you say that one more time? Give it to us one more time. That's good. It's powerful.
1: Preaching is when someone verbally uh, it's it's definitely a, a verbal testimony. Verbal. It's a verbal declaration. Uh, Francis of Assisi made the statement: "Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary." And which is, you know, it's yep. a it's mm-hmm. a pithy statement, and it, it, is. it has a lot of impact and application in some directions. But when it comes to preaching, it does not apply because uh, preaching yep. is always verbal. It's always declarative verbally declarative uh, declarative, and uh so we use our voices and we use words words is kind of the is the paintbrush and the paint for the preacher and when we paint portraits of christ we're using words to to color that in ways that appeals to the affections and stirs the hearts of of listeners or observers or those who are participating in that moment All that to say is that preaching is when uh, somebody uses their voice to expose the scriptures in a way that exalts the Savior and engages the heart.
0: So let's just take that and let's break that apart. Let's talk first exposing the scriptures. The point of a preacher is to expose the scriptures. One element, I guess, of that is to expose the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what would be, uh, why why would we want to do that?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the nature of what's called of exposing the scriptures or uh, another word used as expositional preaching is simply stated. It means to bring out what God has put in the Bible, uh, mm-hmm. to bring out what God has put in the scriptures. And when we're bringing out what God has put in, when we're speaking what he has spoken, that's when we're going to hear his voice. And that's when uh, we are being faithful uh, to the Bible. That's when we're being faithful to the people that we're called to serve. Because the most important voice that people need to hear in the preaching event isn't, isn't necessarily the voice of the preacher it's the voice of God speaking through the scriptures and as 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 the preacher is committing to bring out what God has put in
0: yeah and
1: exposing
0: so uh, expositional preaching then probably has an opposite or probably has there's probably another form that's not expositional preaching mm-hmm. what would another type of uh, preaching style or preaching method be?
1: Well, there are, there are different methods that people talk about. There's topical preaching, doctrinal preaching, expositional preaching. I think topical preaching can be done expositionally. I think doctrinal preaching can be done expositionally. Mm-hmm. Of course, expositional preaching can be done expositionally. Right. And so I think when, when it looks at the opposite in my mind, when I think of the opposite of expositional preaching, I would call it impositional preaching. Impositional uh, preaching. Rather than exposing, you're imposing Yep. and imposing is when you're bringing something from the outside and you're trying to put it into the text and you're yep. trying to put it into the message.
0: You have an idea, you want, you want to deliver an idea mm-hmm. and you're going to use scripture to back you up on that idea? Is that what that means?
1: Or uh, just pretend that it's in the Bible when it's not oh. and give the impression that it is yeah. um, because you might quote a verse um, but that verse hasn't been excavated. Uh, mm-hmm. to really know what that verse is saying and to really know what God has put in that verse. You're just uh, maybe quoting a verse, but you're doing it to prop up an idea that you are imposing in the moment, that you're bringing from the outside in to the to preaching to the preaching occasion, to the sermonic event. And, um, and in that moment, anytime we impose, we are saying that our voice is more important for people to hear than God's voice. And that's when preaching gets sideways. That's when preachers um, yeah. show themselves to be, um, they're not faithful to their calling. When yeah. That's the case. We're to be stewards of the word, servants of the word. And the only way we are stewards and servants of the word is when we're willing to um, use our voice. That is the personality that God has given us, the the dialect and the the, the style that that is kind of who you are as a as someone who speaks uh, so that you can speak with authenticity and all those dynamics but the mo- but what you want your voice to do is your voice must serve the voice of God because the voice of God is the most important voice anyone really needs to hear and that only happens when we bring out what God has put in when we're exposing the scriptures which is why I would define preaching first as that verbal Um, declaration or speaking that exposes the scriptures. Mm
0: -hmm. That's good. So let's, uh, so Peter, Peter in Acts Mm 2, how did he expose the scriptures when he Mm -hmm. preached that sermon?
1: Yeah, so in Acts chapter 2, you have Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is given to the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of a chaotic scene. Um, People are hearing... People are bearing witness to the magnificent acts of God in various languages that were represented and present there. They were speaking in in tongues in Acts chapter 2, languages that they did not previously know, it seems. They're now speaking in so that others can hear about what God has done. And some people are interpreting that moment as chaotic drunkenness, and they don't know what to make of that scene. And so Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, then stands up, he raises his voice, and he begins to proclaim, message to them. He preaches the first technical, technically the first Christian sermon. And in order to kind of explain what the people were experiencing and seeing in that moment, he draws on Joel chapter two. And he says, essentially, you know, what God, what you guys are experiencing, I'm going to help you understand it by bringing out what God has put into his word a long time ago. That God put this entire event and this moment, he put it into his word in Joel chapter 2. I'm going to bring that out for you yeah. so that you can understand what you're experiencing and what's happening yeah. in this incredible miracle. Yeah.
0: Well, that's such a good example of expositional preaching, of exposing the scriptures to meet a, a current need that people are facing right at that moment. They're mm-hmm. trying to understand things. They don't know what's happening. And the power of God's word is proclaimed to them to help them understand and see who God is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, because I mean, people are constantly trying to interpret their lives and they're trying to interpret their circumstances and they look to a lot of different voices to help them do that. But the one definitive voice that people need to interpret life and the voice they need to interpret circumstances and situations is the voice of God. Yeah. And that includes those circumstances and situations that we might not. Uh, understand clearly and completely in a given moment, because the word might not speak directly to it, but the word does speak to the character of God in the midst of those types of circumstances. And so we need to hear God remind us of who he is in those moments. And so when we're committed to exposing the scriptures, bringing out what God has put in, we're going to bring out God's character. We're going to bring out God's person. We're going to bring out God's beauty so that people can rest in that reality uh, no matter what, is happening around them. This is why Paul could talk about um, learning contentment and having a peace that transcends all understanding. It's because he's he's interacting with this God. He knows this God. He's aware of this God, and he's living in light of it. He's interpreting his he's interpreting his life circumstances in light of who God is. And that's what we do when we expose the scriptures. We're helping people interpret life in light of who God is. Yeah,
0: and I think that leads us into our um, the next. Part that I was going to unpack is um, all uh, all of that cannot happen without exalting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Without exalting the Savior. Right. So let's dive into that. Let's break that apart. Uh, uh, exalting the Savior.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jesus is the fullest revelation of who God is in the, that the world has ever seen or known. Mm-hmm. He is the visible manifestation of God. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we talk about God's character and person and purpose and ways, we look to Jesus.
0: And just like Peter did, right? He mm-hmm. starts in Joel, and he's explaining
1: that, but then... Then he moves to the Psalms, he moves, yep. and he draws on the words of David, in Psalm 110, Psalm 16, and he shows how these, how what God put in the Scriptures was ultimately to bring people to an awareness that Jesus is the Lord and Messiah, yep, that he is the Lord and Savior.
0: yep, And exaltation.
1: Of Jesus to exalt the savior yeah and, and I think I think Jesus does that in luke twenty four when he talks about the law the he talks about Moses and the psalms and the prophets and and he's saying all of this is about me it was it was given to bear witness and to testify of me and so when we expose the scriptures, I don't think we've exposed the scriptures and and gotten out what God has put in a passage until we see that passage in light of the full gamut of the gospel story that runs from Genesis to Revelation. And once we kind of bring out the meaning of a text in its immediate context, we want to elevate that to um, the big story, the grand redemptive narrative. We want to see the scripture as a whole so that we can expose the scriptures in a way that exalts the Savior. Um, Because when we talk about exposing the scriptures and bringing out what God has put in, the deepest stuff that God has put in his in His word is that which bears witness to Jesus, that which exalts the Savior so that in the end, a person's faith is always fixed on Jesus as a result of the preaching of God's word. And
0: I love that. And what I also love is how all of that, how when we expose the scriptures, when we are exalted, when that exposing the scripture exalts the Savior, um, it and our third point, it engages the heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's a beautiful picture because that, that's the whole person that I believe that God is is um, speaking to and drawing out our affections. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, I mean, the example in Acts, I think is incredible to see how thousands of people, their hearts and their affections were stirred. And not just their minds, but their hearts as well. Mm-hmm. The whole person is, is being saved. and um, And I think that's one of the in, in incredibly uh, imperative is that a word? Is that a word I want to use? Uh, imperative.
1: In, it, the, an incredible command? Maybe. If it's an imperative for the preacher, yes, then yes, it's an imperative. An imperative for the preacher is to engage the heart. To engage the heart. Yes. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. There you go. You're saying it.
0: See, I'm saying it. <laughs> and that's what Peter did. And that's what happened to people.
1: Um, yeah, and it says in verse, I think it's verse 37 in Acts 2, where it says the people were pierced in the heart. Like they were cut to the heart by what they heard after as Peter exposed the scriptures and exalted the Savior, and then that was the effect.
0: Yeah. Um, can I bring up a, a random example? Sure. Um, we were. I'm watching this uh, TV show with my family, and it's about these people going out in the woods all by themselves, and one of the guys is out there, and he's saying... My heart hurts. My heart is, not not physical pain, mm-hmm. but my emotional, my myself. My heart is is hurting, for uh, a loved one that I miss, mm-hmm. and it reminded me, and maybe in maybe an odd way, but it reminded me of the way that Christ, that Jesus, pierces our hearts in in the opposite fullness. How when He engages my heart, there's a fullness that. I can't others other than say my heart is being filled right now you know because mm-hmm. of what God is doing in my heart. He's filling this empty he's, he's patching this and sewing up this pain that I once had and I think that that's kind of that feeling that of engaging the heart through the scriptures that, mm-hmm. that I kind of feel.
1: Yeah, I think when you when the Savior is exalted from the scriptures, Uh, that's when we, as human beings, created by God, created in the image of God, whose sin has separated us from God and distorted His image within us, that's when we begin to see the incongruity between the character of God and and our fallen selves. And when we see that incongruity and we realize we're not right, that the world is not right, that um, our bodies don't work, our hearts don't work, our minds don't work as they were originally intended, um, that... That's when we find ourselves grieving Mm. and grieving our sins, grieving our sufferings, grieving our shortcomings. But then if the Savior is being exalted, then we find the remedy to that grief and that grief can turn into gladness and the path from grief to gladness is the path of repentance and faith so that we're constantly repenting and believing the gospel. We're constantly repenting and believing in response to what we hear from God's word week in and week out um so that we are so that our heart is 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 kind of the target of the sermon and the heart is should be the target of the disciple so that we're guarding our hearts we're examining our hearts we're watching our hearts we are paying attention to where our hearts are in a given moment, because the the heart, as you're alluding to, is the is the unifying center of a person's identity. Uh, it, it's, what, it's, it's how the Bible refers to the whole self and to the whole person. And so the and it's beautiful that the word addresses the whole person. Now um, when we talk about preaching that engages the heart, we want to talk about or we want to see how that there is something that I might call kind of Home Depot sermons. Home Depot sermons are kind of the how-to yeah. messages, where sometimes, and this is really popular in the church growth movement in the se- in the 80s and 90s, where there were just a lot of how-to sermons, like how to manage your money, how to raise your kids. They were dealing with important stuff, and they were providing some wisdom. But where I think some of that preaching fell short was uh, they weren't engage. That type of preaching doesn't engage the heart. Mm-hmm. How-to sermons simply. Uh, help people learn how to live in this world. Mm. But the goal of preaching isn't to learn how to live in this world. The goal of preaching is to help disciples learn how to live in Christ. How do they find their identity in Christ? How do they find their heart being cut by Jesus and healed by Jesus all at the same time? That should be kind of the the goal and the target of all of our preaching that engages the self, the, the deepest part of ourselves. Um And then that will also kind of lead into what we want to talk about next week when we, our next episode, when we talk about what it means to encounter Christ in the scriptures. Like how do you read the Bible? Um, Much like preaching that says, I'm not reading this because I want to learn how to live in this world. I'm reading the Bible because I want to learn how to live in Christ. And what's the difference between those two? That's engaging the heart.